Welcome back for the first time. This is a rebroadcast of episode 10 from season 2, first released on November 30th, 2021. Unlike the initial release, these and all interseason episodes include a replay of both poems read and heard after the normal end to the episode for those whom it pleases. Before we get to the original episode, I want to share with you a new section of the pod I'm calling Writing and Reading Poetry in my experience. Today, in my experience, while I tend mostly to follow my own flow regarding poetry structure as I hunt and craft for bangers, I find starting and completing a poem that has a specific and rigid structure fun, challenging, and beneficial. An example of a rigid poetic structure or form is the villanelle that, I'll have you know, is featured later on on this very episode. As an aside, villanelle is a French word that means villanelle. It doesn't matter so much whether the villanelle completed is a whoa, wow, banger or not. Bonus if it is. Get it. And send it over to me via the email you find in the show notes if you want. Let's go. What matters is that the process of writing within clear constraints is a great way to work out the poetry muscles of the mind. The structure and puzzle of it all ironically opening new creative tracks. It's like a football player becoming better at football by lifting heavy weights, even though you're not lifting heavy weights when you play football, but are instead playing football with no dumbbells in sight. Indeed, this type of poetic working out helps me get better at that specific art form, but also, and more importantly, the art form in general. And it doesn't come by memorizing the structure. Nope. Instead, if you really want to understand what a villanelle is like, go ahead and write one. Like this in many things, we learn by doing, and we learn by going where we have to go. At least that's been my experience. If you enjoy this podcast, congratulations on your good taste. And apparently this good taste spans the world, as we have many listeners in India. Namaste, y'all. Why India? Why not? It heartens me how the same poems can bruise the woe-wow and pierce into the minds of people of very different cultures. Indeed, in our hearts we are more similar than different. So, please share this with others who have good taste and can deal with this high-end flow to help further spread poetry's power. It doesn't take but 10 seconds, and dopamine is released when sharing things we like. Dopamine, yum. Now, without further ado, let's go get some of that whoa, wow. Welcome back for the first time. I'm Oren Moore, and this is Two Poems Read and Heard in which I explore a theme through two poems and seek to spread woe-wow to more humans through poetry. Help me in this endeavor with your mouth and the internet if it pleases you. If you like this vibe, get ready for my poetry collection titled Broetry, Poetry for the Well-Endowed Man, coming out in 2022. Yes, that's the title. Now on to today's pod proper. In some ways the opposite, perhaps in a positive sense, of vulnerability, which was the theme of last week's pod, is moving and going forward. The theme of today's pod is going. Indeed, let's go. 
Theodore Rothke. That's R-O-E-T-H-K-E, if you want to search him up, was a giant of mid-20th century poetry. This American man threw and wrote fire for a long time and won the Pulitzer Prize for Poetry in 1954 for his book, The Waking. Today's upcoming poem by him shares that book's title. Published in 1953, The Waking takes the form of a villanelle, which is French for villanelle. More on this later, but for now, just feel the rhythm and rhyme that Rothke brings right on time. The Waking I wake to sleep and take my waking slow. I feel my fate in what I cannot fear. I learn by going where I have to go. We think by feeling, what is there to know? I hear my being dance from ear to ear. I wake to sleep and take my waking slow. Of those so close beside me, which are you? God bless the ground. I shall walk softly there and learn by going where I have to go. Light takes the tree, but who can tell us how? The lowly worm climbs up a winding stair. I wake to sleep and take my waking slow. Great nature has another thing to do to you and me. So take the lively air and lovely Learn by going where to go. This shaking keeps me steady, I should know. What falls away is always and is near. I wake to sleep and take my waking slow. I learn by going where I have to go. Whoa, wow. This is some old-school self-help gold delivered with humility and poetic brilliance via the Villanelle. Because French likes them silent letters and vowels, that's spelled V-I-L-L-A-N-E-L-L-E if you want to search it up. While The Waking is mostly written in iambic pentameter with five beats per line, hence pent, the Villanelle has no rigidly established meter. The poem meter is the basic rhythmic structure of a line within a poem, and is affected by how many beats there are in each line. A poetic beat is similar to a drum beat. You feel the beat in, for example, the paradoxical first phrase of the poem, I wake to sleep. There are two beats on wake and sleep. Besides the exquisite rhythm via word sounds and then beats, Rothke rhymes masterfully and smoothly in this poem. There's this situation in modern poetry, especially perhaps in the academic and magazine sphere, of eschewing rhyming poetry. I'm not about this. It's weird and has some emperor's clothes vibe to it because while poems that don't rhyme are good too, the rhyme is an ancient and deep pleasure to us humans. It also helps in remembering and reciting the poem. Why hold back the gold? It's not like poetry doesn't need help in spreading its love and brilliance. And so ends my rant on the modern poetic scene and back to the waking. A classic and all-timer, by the way, that rhymes hard and throughout. The endline rhyme pattern sounds of this villanelle is as follows. O ear o, o ear o, u air o, u air o, o ear o o. I will not quiz you on this. The point is the pattern appeals to us. 
in its skill and our deep innate love of pattern and wordplay. And from the creation end, there can also be, somewhat ironically, a creative impetus in embracing and holding to structure. You ever written any haikus? The fun and surprising bolt of new that often comes out of haikus owes much to its stringent three-line, five-seven-five syllable structure. Try it. I dare you. And if you really like playing within that haiku structure, try writing a villanelle. That's a double dare. If this scares you, consider courage, which we gain after coming through a fearful experience. Indeed, much cannot be learned before being done. As my mother, smart and wise, often says, 90% of success is showing up. And to show up, we must, yep, wake, go, and do. We think by feeling, writes Rothke. This applies to what some consider the holy grail of feelings, happiness. Happiness doesn't come by thinking about being happy. If it did, the problem would be solved because thinking thoughts is easy. And if it's not, you're probably not listening to this pod because this is some higher-end cognitive game up in here. No, happiness is a byproduct of living a good, meaningful, connected life that creates good, happy feels via waking, going, and doing. May you learn this quicker than I did. But Mr. Rothke, which way to go? His poem answers and ends with, I learn by going where I have to go. Note Rothke's use of first person. He doesn't give into the lure of the direct, often effective, but presumptive use of the second person, you, that's so pervasive these days that it often goes unnoticed. For example, when an interviewee is asked a question about their own experience, say their life going to shambles, and they start in with something like, uh, when you go bankrupt and you are unfaithful to your spouse and you have no idea how it all happened, whoa, slow down, sir. I didn't go bankrupt and I didn't cheat on my spouse. And if I did... I'd know how it happened. Sir, you went bankrupt and you cheated on your spouse. Don't put that on me. I'm not even married. This inaccurate, instructional second-person use is all over the place, including in poetry. Now, this is the misuse of pronoun debates I'm interested in. Quote, I learn by going where I have to go, not by going where you have to go. That's not how Rothke learns. I'll note here, too, that Rothke was a renowned teacher of poetry, And here he gives no outright instruction, as would be employed if he used the second person, you. This makes it a discovery to the reader if they choose a perspective they must own. And I, like Rothke, own it and choose to learn by going where I have to go. And as I've heard it said and bellowed in public and in the first person plural of late, we out here. And it's true. How about you? Let's go. I've played a lot of sports, lifted a lot of weights, and cycled for transport near daily for years and thousands of miles. I also enjoy hiking. Yes, I acknowledge this is a flex, but I mention it here because this way of life invigorates me while also wearing me down. On the scientific end, there's some evidence that the increased metabolism that this level of activity requires points towards a shorter life due to the nature of cells and other hypotheses not fit for this short-form podcast but which are alluded to in my following poem, Strong, Short, Glow. Hashtag telomere length. The poem's initial spark lit as I stood naked on my porch in cold air after a hot bath I had yet to dry off from. If you haven't experienced similar, you're missing out. Missing out on what? You'll learn by doing it. This one rhymes too, though not as hard as Theodore Rothke's. Let's 
go. Strong, short glow. Warm in the cool air, from hot water head to toe. I drip dry by cool air, in this strong, short glow. The skin tinkles away, water now turned to flow. Again as part of the air, with hardship deep down below. Without meaning, this ends. I know I'm burning up and low, the telomeres and cell divisions, by going long and hard and to and fro, miles and years by foot and cycle, most waking time on the go, eating, laughing, lifting, trying, tearing, burning, I know it so. But burning brightens light to see what lies and cries in shadow. And still it's long enough and has already been so, like warm in the cool air during our bright, short glow. Burn. Let's go. How do you burn? Is it worth the fire? The two poems just read and heard will now be read and heard again for those whom it pleases. The Waking I wake to sleep and take my waking slow. I feel my fate in what I cannot fear. I learn by going where I have to go. We think by feeling, what is there to know? I hear my being dance from ear to ear. I wake to sleep and take my waking slow. Of those so close beside me, which are you? God bless the ground. I shall walk softly there and learn by going where I have to go. Light takes the tree, but who can tell us how? The lowly worm climbs up a winding stair. I wake to sleep and take my waking slow. Great nature has another thing to do to you and me. So take the lively air and lovely Learn by going where to go. This shaking keeps me steady, I should know. What falls away is always and is near. I wake to sleep and take my waking slow. I learn by going where I have to go. Strong, short glow. Warm in the cool air, from hot water head to toe. I drip dry by cool air, in this strong, short glow. The skin tinkles away, water now turned to flow. Again as part of the air, with hardship deep down below. Without meaning, this ends. I know I'm burning up and low. 
the telomeres and cell divisions, by going long and hard and to and fro, miles and years by foot and cycle, most waking time on the go, eating, laughing, lifting, trying, tearing, burning, I know it so. But burning brightens light to see what lies and cries in shadow. And still it's long enough and has already been so, like warm in the cool air during our bright, short glow. Burn. Let's go.